You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show that is not a tiger-based cult. I'm Cody. I'm Sam. And I'm Samantha. We have a great show for you this week. Thank you all for tuning in. We have a bunch of news to go over, but first let's talk about some things we have been checking out this week. Once again, from our sequestered quarantine <laughs> Yes, bunkers. once again. Yes. <laughs> this time it's from my my uh, very sterile Zeppelin in in the atmosphere. The I was just atmosphere. going to say airship. The yeah, only- I was about ready to yeah. make the airship joke. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> the only clean place. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So who wants to get started on some checkums? Do you guys have something? Because I have plenty, I mean, but I mean. I guess since we referenced Tiger King in I mean, the opening, we might as well get it out of the way. Yeah, let's I do mean, it. Nobody else, nobody else in the world is talking about this right now. I think oh, no. we really need to cover it. This is definitely a, a, a very obscure thing that you're covering yeah. that no one else is talking about. You heard it here first, folks. Tiger King, uh, Netflix documentary of the year. Now, I don't, I don't even know if it's like a good documentary, but it's definitely an entertaining one. Yeah. To cast the people, like they're all crazy, and mm-hmm. nobody comes out of this looking like a good guy. It's a, it's like this bizarre peek into the world of people who own tigers. <laughs> And they're all nuts. <laughs> yeah, I've you know I've heard a little bit about this one. I haven't sat down to watch it yet. I need to. But what? Who is the Tiger King? Uh, the Tiger King is Joe Exotic, <laughs> uh, guy from Oklahoma that's like gay, flamboyant, gun-toting cowboy. Yeah, white trash, <laughs> mullet, mullet, bleached blonde mullet. Oh man, uh, polyamorous. Yeah. Yeah, he had he got two way married to two dudes who very much seem like they're straight guys. <laughs> Don't spoil anything. But. Okay, so this guy buys and sells tigers. Yeah, and he had he has a zoo in Oklahoma. Zoo, a zoo with, with quotations, quotations <laughs> big cages of tigers, <laughs> and you can pet them for money. Uh, he's just a huge bizarre personality like he ran for president yeah and governor of oklahoma <laughs> okay it, it's, it's just it's just hard to get into how just so wacky yeah it's probably the best word you can use like and he's all his employees are are featured and they're all like a cast of weirdos mm-hmm. now the other name that i've heard pop up with this is some carol somebody who's who's that Carol Baskin is Joe Exotic's mortal enemy. I don't say that. <laughs> Carol Baskin. <laughs> yeah. He says that constantly. Yeah. She is a supposed like animal rights lady who also owns a tiger zoo. That's uh, that apparently like a sanctuary, a sanctuary that rehabilitates these tigers, but honestly doesn't look all that much better than any of the other tiger zoos they show in the in the documentary really okay <laughs> wow. and they all like super underpay or don't pay their workers and like raising big cats is very expensive oh i imagine yeah, they i eat, imagine so 
Turns out they eat a lot of food. <laughs> uh, at one point, he's making pizzas at a zoo out of expired Walmart meat. No, nobody knows that for sure. Nobody knows for sure the pizzas <laughs> were made out of those. Well, he he was feeding the tigers expired Walmart meat. That's Ooh. how he afforded to feed them all. Ooh, is he? He would get the the Walmart runoff and feed it to the tigers. Oh, wow. So he's not taking particularly good care of these tigers. No. That's what you're saying. I mean, okay. I mean the employees I feel like would argue that he they are. Mhm. Yeah. But but I, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, he's not as bad as that what was that guy's doctor? He was the doctor that was basically a cult leader. There's another tiger oh, owner guy, this doctor something, and he hmm. What is he a doctor of? He's a doctor of spiritual medicine. Oh, so not a doctor then. Yeah, but that's what he said. He's a doctor of spiritual medicine. Mm. And he, if you think he has a soul patch, he does. Yeah, yeah I'm picturing most of these folks with some form of wacky facial hair and <laughs> head hair combos. But this guy convinces young, attractive women to come work for him for tiger access. And it tur- he turns it into some sort of cult harem of women that maintain his tigers and sleep with him. Uh, that's, mm, that's weird. Yeah, he's probably the most gross one of the bunch, and that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty That sounds pretty gross. <laughs> wow. So uh, so this is a documentary, or is it like a miniseries? What, uh, how, what kind of format is this show? It's, it's a multi-part documentary series. Okay. Um... It doesn't have like a, a narrative thread to it, really. It just kind of follows these people around for I don't know a couple of years. Mm-hmm. It just kind of tells a story. Yeah, it just kind of tells us all these people's stories in kind of a really hands-off way. There's like no narration. It's just oh, that... these people's voices. Interesting. Very interesting. And it re- it really lets you like come to your own conclusion, or at least like pushes you towards a conclusion without you realizing it maybe Mm, okay it's not super heavy-handed or anything it's really just these people talking huh all right and i don't know how they edit they could have edited it in a way that makes you uh question a lot of things but Mm -hmm. it seems pretty legit to me (laughs) yeah oh no it sounds really interesting i need to i need to check it out because yeah social media has been kind of blowing up with, uh, he has a with hilarious voice too. Not to interrupt you, but oh, go, what? yeah, you're fine. Joe Exotic has a hilarious voice. Well, yeah, he sounds like uh, gay Beetlejuice, <laughs> like a southern gay Beetlejuice. Yeah, southern gay Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh wow, wow! I can just imagine he apparently it. Apparently, used to do like magic shows too. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, a guy named Joe Exotic is going to do magic. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, it's worth what it, I would say it lives up to the hype. It's oh, yeah. definitely worth. I mean, we mainlined it in like two days and we're not big binge watchers. Mm-hmm. Your dad mm-hmm. loved it, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, I will have to uh, I'll have to check it out for sure. So, uh, OK, so, yeah, I have a couple of quick checkums here. Uh, well, it's not such a quick check em. It's It's a pretty beefy one here. So <laughs> uh, I've been watching a uh, a series of films. <laughs> How do I get into this? Some art, 
some art house experimental film experimental films yeah uh hmm yeah, that's that's one way of, yeah uh no i have been watching the entire fast and the furious franchise <laughs> almost made it to the end of every single one before recording this week uh there was one film the eighth movie in the current nine or maybe 12 movies in the series that i haven't gotten a chance to get to <laughs> Uh, did not Nine get to, to twelve. Yeah, somewhere in there. Well, because there are a couple of films that are questionable whether or not they are actually part of the Fast and the Furious franchise. But I did not get the Fate of the Furious, the eighth movie in the series. So, yeah, it's it's actually f- kind of fascinating going back and watching all these movies. Uh, I had never really watched any of these. The only movie in this series that I had watched prior to this go through was uh, Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, which stars the rock and Jason Statham and is the furthest thing from a racing movie. It's, it's kind of like espionage buddy cop, James Bond, two dueling James Bonds who, who hate each other. That's kind (laughs) of what that movie is. And there's, I mean, there's a little bit of a focus on cards, but not really so much of any kind of focus. And I was, uh, really curious about, okay, how how did they go from street racing movie to super espionage starring The Rock? And it was a slow transformation of the series. It's kind of fascinating. Like, and the Vin Diesel's always, in these movies, he plays Dom Toretto, street racer and petty thief who cares about fast cars and Michelle Rodriguez and family. <laughs> of course if there's one thing about because this movie about family <laughs> this movie is about family and so the first movie it's uh basically it's basically point break but with cards instead of surfing the whole thing is um paul walker's character is an undercover cop who is trying to get in with toretto's gang uh of street racers because someone is robbing s- dvd players off of the back of 16 wheelers <laughs> That's it. That's the movie. The movie. That's the entire crux of the movie is Dom Toretto is stealing, is stealing CD players and DVD players out of the back of 16 wheelers by doing sick car stunts. <laughs> and that one's fine. Yeah. It's, it's interestingly shot. There are some thematics that happen one movie after the other, after the other, basically at the climax of the race or heist or what have you. They press the NOS button and go fast. And that's the big trick that everybody does. <laughs> everybody presses the go fast button and then they go fast. <laughs> and furious. And furious. They furiously, they furiously press the NOS button to go fast. <laughs> There's actually a point where they're doing a, a some kind of crazy heist in five or six. And a rapper Ludacris says, yeah, I don't know how we're going to be able to go fast with this, with this caper. And Dom Toretto responds, sometimes it's not about going fast. And at that point, I audibly outside said, it's time to go furious. <laughs> how badly do they start to like mesh together and like become one, just one movie? <laughs> well, here's the thing I can, I would say there, these are all pretty fresh still in my mind. So there are bits and pieces that I can still kind of tell you. And there are highlights that I could tell you, okay, 
Four is the one where Gal Gadot's a bad guy. And five is the one where Gal Gadot's a good guy. And <laughs> six is the one where... Six is the one where they go to Abu Dhabi and steal a car that goes 420 miles per hour out of the top of a skyscraper. Um, <laughs> the fastest and most furious of all the cars. Fa- the fastest and most furious. Yeah, so, I mean, I could tell you highlights, but I would say between four, five, six, that's kind of where they all start to mesh together. And that's where it actually goes from street racing movie to heist movie. And somehow Dom and his team of outlaws become good buddy pals with uh, Hobbs, a.k.a. The Rock, who is a who was the bad guy in five because they were being chased by the government. But then the government had to get criminals to do crimes better than the bad guys in six. I think (laughs) I think. Yeah. So one, two and Tokyo Drift are basically racing movies. There's a, a, a little bit of a just the barest points of plot. But the first three movies are racing movies. However, Tokyo Drift isn't the third one in the movie series. It comes after number six. So it's the third movie is the seventh movie. <laughs> That's which the is, only one I've ever seen. I've seen five minutes of Tokyo Drift. Okay. Well, you've only seen five minutes of Tokyo <laughs> Drift. Okay. Okay. Well, the lead in Tokyo Drift sucks. And it's a shame that he's going to be coming back for Fate of the Furious and F9, which is not going to be the end of the series because Dom, um, I almost called him Dom. Uh, <laughs> Vin Diesel has said that he wants 10. He wants to do 10. But yeah, it's it's weird. And it's weird to watch kind of how the movies, again, how they morph from racing movies to heist movies. There are also short films that fit into there. Some that don't mean anything to the series. Like there is one called the turbocharged prelude to too fast, too furious. That's like six (laughs) minutes long and it it means nothing. You don't have to watch it, but there is a 20 minute short film that happens between too fast and too furious and fast Four. you know, the third film in the, in the series that (laughs) is absolutely key and gets referenced back to in Fast Six. Also, one of the characters gets amnesia for a while. <laughs> this series is wild. This is at this. It's absolutely wild. And I never thought I would say that I would enjoy watching a Fast and the Furious movie. And Too Fast, Too Furious, Tokyo Drift. Those are bad. Don't watch them. They're bad. I don't like. <laughs> but when they stopped being about car racing and putting super cool super engines in American muscle cars versus import cars or something. They get good. It almost becomes like oceans 11, but not classy (laughs) dirty oceans. It's kind of like dirty oceans. (laughs) And there's the episode. Yep. That's it. Yeah. But, uh, but no, they're actually, they're actually pretty interesting. Now in fast eight, haven't gotten through that one yet. Got about 10 minutes into that one. Got to the point where they introduced Shirley's Thrones character, by the way, she is an, she's in the movie and it seems like it's going to be excellent. Apparently in fast nine, John Cena is going to be in it as Dom Toretto's long lost younger brother, who has never been mentioned up until this point, but is basically evil Dom Toretto. 
It's wild. What if Charlize Theron was playing Eileen Warnos? I, <laughs> I don't know who that is. From the the serial killer from Monsters. Oh that movie yes, that she got an Oscar for. I think. Oh yes, no, she's definitely not because she's like <laughs> she looks like Charlize Theron uh, with dreadlocks. Actually, <laughs> it's interesting. Oh. Uh, yeah, but uh, but no, uh, Kurt Russell is in at least multiples of these films. Nice. Yeah, Jordan and I have been watching them together, and we're we're thinking at this point they could reference any racing or heist type movie and say that it's in the same universe as Fast and the Furious at this point. Because there was an, actually another movie called Better Luck Tomorrow. It was uh, Justin Lin, the guy who directed uh, Aquaman and the and a handful of these movies. His first film about Asian uh, Chinese American uh, high school students that steal from a bank because they're super smart. Um, there is a minor character in that movie that is a major character in fast four, fast five, fast six dies in Tokyo drift and is resurrected somehow in fast and the furious nine. <laughs> so it is retroactively part of the series. And we were talking, all it would take is for Nicholas Cage to show up as his character from gone in 60 seconds, just for one scene, because it is, yeah. It is thematically and tonally in the same boat as these movies. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. Oh, we, we have a Nicolas Cage related check them out. Yeah, let's hear it. We watched Mandy. Oh, you did. What'd you think? And it was it was good. It's it's like, something, isn't it? Yeah. It's there's so many things about it that that like check off a list of awesome things I'd want to see in a movie. Uh huh. But it's. But it is also so plodding at the same time. It is. It is yes. not a fast moving film. Oh no, but, no. But, but visually it has it's enough Yeah, it's very visually interesting and, and it has enough cool stuff in it that I can't say that I didn't like it. I mean, there's a chainsaw fight, there's heavy metal inspired animation sequences. There's that crazy Nick, axe uh, he has. Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage screaming. There's a Cheddar Goblin. Yeah, the the Cheddar Goblin is pretty great. <laughs> it's, it's the best part. Yeah. It's honestly the best part. <laughs> yeah. What'd you think of that five-minute scene where it's just Nick Cage drinking and yelling and screaming, and that's all it is? <laughs> that was some prime Nick Cage. It was. That's yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in his underwear, too. He's, he's in his is. underwear in a bathroom. Uh-huh. Yep, he's, sure is. Just having a yell. Yeah. Yeah. From what I understand, the guy who made the Cheddar Goblin did Too Many Cooks. I think it was the guy that did Too Many Cooks. Yeah. Did the Cheddar Goblin yeah, commercial. Yeah, I think so. But uh, yeah, Mandy is, it's it's something else. I'd have to say, of the two Nick Cage movies we've watched recently, I liked The Color Out of Space yeah. better. Mm -hmm. Sure. But, Man but Mandy was pretty good. Yeah. He might have been a little too tired for it. Too. Yeah, that's true. No, I, I just wish it, it moved faster. Yeah. It's a lot like the the other guy. This The director did another movie. I think it's called Beyond the Black Rainbow. And that one's really slow as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a lot like, like that tonally. Mm -hmm. It just kind of sucks because like it, visually it's really, really interesting. and I like it, mm -hmm. you know, but it's just so slow. Yeah. I, I just can't get into his particular way of filming stuff i guess i don't i don't know how to describe it yeah it well I, you're, so I know what you mean forever. yeah but uh but no i just yeah, liked you, it for the visuals and and that yeah it's i mean it's by no means bad it, it just 
it marinates in every scene for about five minutes longer than it needs to. I think <laughs> it needs it needs a good editor to go, come in and kind of tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, so uh, yeah, I have one other checkum here. I watched on top of nearly all the Fast and the Furious movies. I watched the first three movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe: uh, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man Two. Um, I visit Iron Man every you know every once in a while it's a still holds up excellent movie uh, incredible hulk is good i don't know if it's it's a weird one because i'm not sure if uh edward norton would have worked with the way the subsequent marvel cinematic universe movies went i don't know he was a great bruce banner for that movie but i don't know if he him sticking around would have been a smart choice and on the flip side, I don't know if Mark Ruffalo would have been right for the movie The Incredible Hulk. It's almost like two different characters, which is kind of weird. But that one's still pretty enjoyable. And Iron Man 2, I, I, it took me, it was maybe within the last 20 minutes of the movies where, where I started enjoying it. I forgot how, you want to talk about kind of a slow plotting movie where not a whole lot of things happen. Iron Man 2 is that. It was, I did <laughs> not enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, it has a great ending. They, sh- they should go back and CG Mark Ruffalo into the original uh, <laughs> Incredible Hulk movie. Yeah, yeah. Just because that would be ridiculous looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I forgot they had left the Abomination alive at the end of that movie. Like, he's still breathing at the end of uh, huh. Incredible Hulk. And I thought that was a lot of superhero movies, especially earlier ones, they kind of had the bat, the trope of, Oh, gets to the end of the movie. We kill the bad guy. And that was kind of a throwback to the 89 Batman, you know, Ironmonger dies at the end of Iron Man one and Nick Nolte dies at the end of Iron Man two. I always thought, uh, uh, what's his name? Abomination died at the end of incredible Hulk. And he's not, he's just taken into custody by the U S government. So, huh? It could set that up if they ever wanted to do something with that character again. I don't know if they ever will, but they could set that up. And that's that was kind of surprising to me. I'm interested to see how the first Thor holds up now that we live in a world where Thor Ragnarok exists. I'm not sure if Thor 1 is going to quite do it for me the way it did the first time around. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. I'll I, let you know next week. <laughs> I, I always liked the original Thor. I know it critically didn't do quite as well as the other ones, but I, I always had a soft spot for it. I liked, I liked Thor one. I didn't like Thor two and I loved Thor Ragnarok. That's kind of how it went before. But then again, I haven't seen the first Thor in maybe 10 years. So, or maybe, you know, handful multiples of years. So who knows? It's so crazy that the MCU has been around for this long. It really is. Yeah. It's, Kind of, yeah, it's, if I think about it too long, it, I start to get panicky. My bones are dust. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hey, let's go ahead and take a break here, and when we come back, we'll get into some news. Nerd Overload is a show produced under the umbrella of a nonprofit organization, Marion Community Radio WZMO. To help with our fundraising, we have become a member of Patreon. What is Patreon? Patreon exists because when creators are paid, they can create more amazing things. Things that inspire us, teach us, challenge us. Things that make us laugh. 
Patreon is a membership platform that makes it really easy for creators to get paid. We're using the idea of patronage, which is actually a really old idea. Exactly, Jack. If it weren't for patrons, we wouldn't have Romeo and Juliet or Mona Lisa, Mozart, Shakespeare, Da Vinci. They all had patrons. What can I do to help Nerd Overload? Patrons set a monthly subscription-style payment for the level of membership they want. Where do I go? Thousands of creators and creative teams are using Patreon to run their business their way. So if you're a professional creator, start a page and give your fans the opportunity to become patrons. Patreon.com slash nerd overload now. Working in the coal mine by Devo. Maybe it should be the uh, working from home mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of that going on. That's, I'm staying current there with my references. Oh, yeah. Putting a big old timestamp on this I one. Know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? People working from home? <laughs> All right. Well, hey, before we get into some news, uh, you guys mentioned you had one more thing you wanted to check out. Oh, yeah. We watched another movie. We got that that uh, thirty day shutter trial that you can get. Mm-hmm. 
that they're they're giving out because of the weird times that we are living in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and we watched watched a movie called Patchwork, which is about what three women get abducted by a mad scientist and all their body parts get stitched together. Oh, and okay. they're all they're all conscious inside one body and have to like deal with each other while living in this well, patchwork. Well, they're trying to figure out how this happened and who did it. Yeah. All while dealing with each other's personalities in the same body. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's actually, it's pretty funny. It's, okay. it's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty light horror movie with some weird gore, but like mm-hmm. overall it's, it's very reanimator. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Now I'm on board. There's even, yeah, there's even a special thanks to Stuart Gordon at the end. Oh, right on. In the credits. Excellent. So it's 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 very much in that vein of horror movie. The the special effects are well, not the special effects. The acting is good. On the I don't know which of the three women is playing yeah, the composite, sure. but they're very they're like awkward, like jerky movements as they're walking around and stuff. Like the, I guess it's like mime work. Oh, more than really? anything is it's like really it's really good. Oh wow! No, that sounds awesome. And it tells the story in an interesting way. It's it's split into parts, and it mm-hmm. goes back into the, like what each woman did on that night to lead up to them getting stitched together. And it tells them in out of order, and has some interesting twists. And overall, it's a pretty it's a pretty good movie. Interesting. Yeah. No, that sounds really cool. For being a, a relatively low budget, like yeah, it was pretty low budget. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. corny horror inspired movie is, is pretty solid. Yeah, now and is it a? a great, there's a great joke with a uh, cat owl. Yeah, don't want to spoil <laughs> it. <Yeah>. Okay, <laughs> there's a cat owl. Yeah, oh, nice. Is this a relatively new movie or is it uh, kind of older? Uh, when did it? When was it I, released? Just a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah, it's just a couple of years old. Gotcha. Okay, cool, cool. Even the, the stuff that the mad scientist injects in them looks exactly like Herbert West's reagent oh, from really? Reanimator. The, the bright glowing green. Familiar. What? One of the lab assistants look familiar. Huh. I can't place them. And there's there's an extended Castlevania <laughs> reference. They just show a guy playing it for two minutes. <laughs> really? Huh. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. No, it sounds like it. That sounds that sounds awesome. <laughs> I I would recommend the Shutter trial. Yeah. Or just in general Shutter. I I I wouldn't be surprised if I end up keeping it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess we should probably get into the news. Oh yeah, let's go ahead and get into some news. <laughs> um. So yeah, what do we want to start with today? Uh, we have some delays of things. We've got some rumors. What do you what do you, what are you feeling? What are you feeling today? That. Let's dip into those hot Mario rumors yeah. flying around. Yeah, the rumor mill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the let's... rumor mill's really, really brewing up some Mario-related rumors. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, a couple days ago, there was a rumor flying around that sometime, was it sometime this year, Nintendo was going to release remasters of a handful of their classic uh, Mario games? Yeah. It looks like, according to a Eurogamer article, it's going to be Mario 64, uh, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy are going to wow. get a remaster on the Switch. That's fantastic, if true. Yeah. I mean, everybody's been reported. It's been on, like, every site, so it feels like there's got to be at least some sort of something behind this. 
either that or everyone is scrounging so much for any kind of news that's not, you know, about the troubles that this thing is just blowing out of proportion. But if it's it seems fairly substantiated, which is really interesting. Yeah. I heard somewhere that the guy that that uh, this was sourced from is the guy that also said that Retro Studios was working on a Star Fox racing game, which that never really was a thing. But mm, OK, but I, I hope it's true. Darn it. I do, too. I do, too. Do you think that if this happens and it is successful, do you think we would see more GameCube and 64 games uh, remastered for the Switch? Yeah, I don't. I don't see why not. I think they they should get as much stuff on there as they can. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how much they change something like Mario sixty four that is more dated than Sunshine or Galaxy. I mean, if anything, they'll take the uh, Mario sixty four. What I forget what the what they called the port when they moved it to the three DS. I think it was just sixty four DS. Okay. Yeah, I would say that they would, would probably take a, that version. Incredible to play that with an actual control stick and not a D-pad. Oh yeah, that would be great. Now along that, with that was the main problem with that port. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now along with that, they also had some reports of a new game, a new Paper Mario game. Is that correct? Yeah, there's something about a new Paper Mario, but and that's pretty cool. And with the yeah, with the re- last couple of Paper Mario games have been not good. So uh, hopefully they would get this one right. Well, here's hoping, <laughs> but no, that's really cool. I, I'm looking forward to seeing if any of these Mario rumors are, you know, the real deal. As much as they've been reported on, I, Nintendo probably should say something sooner than later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know Nintendo just recently did a, a micro direct or a mini direct. I would see, I would hope that if they wanted to put out something official, they would do something similar. Yeah, the rumor said that this was going to be part of their E3 presentation, but there is no E3 now. Yeah. So they could probably just do this whenever they want. I I suppose so. Uh, When would when would have when would have E3 hit uh, if it were still going on? Would have been June. Okay. so. Okay, so I my prediction is by June, we will know more about this. They will absolutely have something out by E3 is esque time i guess when they said it was remasters i was hoping they were going to remake like the original trilogy and just make them look real nice oh yeah (laughs) but i'm okay with the 3d ones getting honestly they could just remake them in the odyssey engine and that would be good yeah no that would be that would be fantastic for sure i think odyssey is the only 3d one i've actually really played well then you're in for a treat (laughs) when it comes out when these Cause it'd be like having three new Mario games for you. <laughs> I never had a 64. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in sunshine that they could stand to polish up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Let's move on from some rumors and get to some more like announced things. Um, so they announced that the Simpsons on Disney plus will be in their original uh, standard definition forms by as early as June. Is that correct? Yeah. Which that's good. P- people can stop complaining about it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, honest truth. I haven't watched the Simpsons on Disney plus because of it. I tried watching the, the first episode, the Christmas special, and it was so stretched out and weird looking that I just, it wasn't right. 
So yeah, it's not great. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not mad enough to go on social media and complain to the ether screaming to the void about it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it has kept me from, from enjoying the series and those early episodes seasons were the best, some of the best episodes and it would be nice to see them the way, <laughs> the way God intended in standard yeah. definition. <laughs> Some of those like first season episodes are really visually interesting too. Cause they're a lot looser and just different than the later seasons are. Yeah. Nothing's on model. And that's kind of part of the charm of that first season. Yeah. So it will be nice to see them, how they're meant to be seen. And you can get all the little jokes in there that were cut off. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Have you seen Goof Troop on Disney Plus? I haven't, no. They they had to reanimate like one of the opening shots of like Goofy and Max high fiving because there was no way it could be trimmed and keep the logo in the background and it looks bizarre. Really? Huh. Yeah, once it's one of those things like once you see it, you won't be able to unsee it because it looks like flash animation in the middle of your cell and painted like super high def looking cartoon. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. Well, I know what I'm doing this evening. I'm going to freak <laughs> myself out by watching some goof troop. <laughs> like the rest of it is like a really good transfer. Like you can see every brush stroke and hair on the, on every cell. Like it's ridiculous, but mm-hmm. they had to fix that one scene. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, that's what you get for updating every single thing to HD. I suppose. Yeah. The growing pains of upconverting. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they even cared. Like, yeah, yeah, especially for a show like Goof Troop, which I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it. There, there is a subset section of people that really, really was into Goof Troop, but like, as far as the, I thought, I thought you were gonna say Pete's wife. Well, <laughs> I stopped myself from saying Pete's wife, <laughs> but, but yeah, like. As far as the Disney after school um, afternoon cartoons went, Goof Troop, I never thought was really the the standout. I've always thought it was like uh, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, like the duck related ones. I was say all duck yeah. related. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody liked Goof Troop, but nobody like nostalgia's back for Goof Troop for some yeah. reason. I and don't know what it is. Unless it's the Goof Troop movie, a goofy movie. People seem to nostalgia for that one a lot. But the way Max and Goofy interact in that movie is so different from the way they interact on the show. It's almost like two different things. The movie is a little more real. Yeah. Yeah. They're more more raw emotion in that than there is in the (laughs) animated series. Yeah. I don't know. I just see a bunch of... That's enough about Goof Troop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now let's talk about Tailspin. I don't remember anything about Tailspin, despite watching it religiously as a child. <laughs> there is one scene from one episode of Tailspin that I remember. So, okay, so Tailspin, every it was everyone from the Jungle Book were placed onto an island and given a pontoon boat delivery service, I guess. And B- Baloo and the Sky Pirates, basically. Kinda, yeah. And it was so, that it's that Ghibli movie, uh, Porco Rosso, it was, except right, it's blue. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but there was one episode where so King Louis the orangutan was Baloo, was Baloo's boss and like best friend on the show. 
and there was something about him getting hit on the head or getting knocked unconscious and something like that. And he hated pizza with anchovies. And when he got hit in the head, he imagined everyone looked like anchovies and would like try to go after them and try to, I don't know, attack them or eat them or throw them out. I don't remember that part. I just remember I I have a vivid memory picture in my head of (laughs) of Louie in a Hawaiian shirt screaming about anchovies. That's the only thing about Tailspin I remember. So a glimpse into how what my brain's like sometimes at three o'clock in the morning. I wake up screaming anchovies. So, <laughs> so okay. So some more announcements of things. I guess Deadpool is going to be in Fortnite. Which, okay, whatever. I'm surprised it took this long. To be honest. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do it when Fortnite was relevant. Now the question is: Do you think Deadpool within the game will make a joke about how he thought he was going to be in when it was more relevant? Like, will he reference how much it's kind of past its prime? He should, but yeah. probably won't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. Like, why wasn't he in it when his movie came out? Because his movie was Fortnite. rated R. It's not for uh, children. That's, true. <laughs> yeah, that's what kills me. Why would they put? He's not kid friendly. It's true. Unless this is. Disney Marvel, their first attempt to try to sand off the rough edges of Deadpool because it's not on the docket, but I have seen and heard a couple of rumors and it's totally unsubstantiated at this point that they're going to introduce Deadpool back into the MCU with Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool and have him be as self-referential as he is in the other as Deadpool 1 and 2, but... Not be as not raw. Not be a nasty boy. <laughs> not be a nasty boy. Not be a wild, nasty boy. <laughs> From what I understand, they are, uh, Disney took a very keen interest in how well the night before Deadpool re-edit of Deadpool 2, when they re-edited it for um, the Christmas break this past year, uh, they were very keen in seeing how well that did because they chopped that R-rated movie down to PG-13, a heavy PG-13, which... Let's face it, that's where the most of the Marvel movies are at this point anyway. Yeah. So remember going to movies? Yeah, I remember yeah. when we could go to movies. Yeah. <laughs> Did you remember being in public? <laughs> yeah. Remember, re- remember restaurants? Yeah. That you could go inside? Oh, you mean drive-thrus. <laughs> drive-thrus, right? Just drive-thrus no, and no, nothing you could, else? You could, get out, you could get out of your car and go inside the restaurant and Blasphemy. sit down and eat Eat your food there. Absolute nonsense. (laughs) I went to Prospect to get the mail out of my P.O. box there, and it felt weird. Yeah. (laughs) It felt weird to go that far. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't had to put gas in my car for two weeks. Same here. But let's move on to a news topic before we get too too much deeper into that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, tell me about Solar Opposites. Solar Opposites is a new show by Rick and Morty Morty co-creator Justin Roiland um, about aliens who live among us, Mm -hmm. and it's just Rick and Morty again. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I was going to, I was trying to formulate a big, long way of talking about it in my head about how, yeah, we have one alien that is way smarter than everybody else and make sure that everybody knows that he is the smartest one. And there, and there is a dumb <laughs> alien that 
everyone goes, oh, you you dumb, you dumb idiot. Yeah, it's Rick and Morty. It's just Rick and Morty jokes. Yeah, like I, I watched the trailer and I don't know what I expected. Like it anything different. One, yeah, there is one alien that is clearly just exactly Rick. And there's one that's the Jerry. Yeah, it's like he wanted to make Rick and Morty without uh, Dan Harmon there to to kill the buzz. Yeah, that seems kind of likely. Yeah. And I, and I don't think a Rick and Morty without Dan Harmon there to rein in Royland would be any good. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Royland and I think he's a funny dude, but he also is very much like he's got one thing he does. Yeah. It seems like every episode of this show is going to be, hey, I'm Pickle Rick, but an alien. Yeah. I'm Alien yeah. Rick. Look at me. He turns himself into a pickle, calls himself Pickle Rick. <laughs> that that meme kills me for some reason. I don't yep. know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> now, that in other Rick and Morty related news, they did announce that the back half of the last season is coming out in I think May. Oh, okay, cool. That's fine. Yeah, is and this... the trailer for that was pretty good. He mm-hmm. Chuckled. Yeah, is this the last season or is it him. just the the most recent season? Is there going to be more after this or what's the uh, what's up with that? Oh, yeah, there's, oh, they they're locked down for like seventy episodes, so oh, okay, there's well, always going to be more. Yeah, buckle up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buckle, <laughs> up buckle up, kids, because Rick and Morty is here to stay. Hundred years, Rick and Morty dot com. Yeah, he, well, he wasn't kidding. That's basically what happened. <laughs> he wasn't kidding. That first episode, <laughs> kind of, yeah, it uh, it foretold the future. Hundred years. <laughs> oh, the God. trailer uses uh, the the boys are back in town, so that's pretty cool. Hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> See, that could have been the song if that I would have. I was just that. thinking that as well. Oh well, next week, next week. I mean, we'll for we'll forget by this time next week. But just like the next movie, and no, I haven't seen that. Is Unbreakable. The next song for next week is the boys are back in town. <laughs> oh. I wish there was more to say about Solar Opposites, but they're really, it's, it doesn't even look different. It's no, the exact it's, same art style. It is. It really, really is. I, I think that was the most shocking thing to me was that it was so clearly just the same thing again. Like, wow. <laughs> Hire a different designer, at least. Like, Do something. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that any chance Rick and Morty gets to sell out, and like make an ad for something, they will do it. Oh yeah, they'll do. Oh yeah. There was and, an ad. There's an ad for some like AT and T smart device that has Rick in it. Really? Like yeah. But you know what? Maybe that's part of the joke is that they're willing to sell out and do whatever because eh, why not? Everyone gets it that we're being ironic, but really we're just lining our pockets with money. Yeah, that's that's really what it is. It's supposed to be wink, wink, but it's like, but you're still doing it, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that time it's that like they meta, did the, meta. Yeah. Like that time they did the uh, Fallout 76 live stream where they animated the two of them pl- like live playing 76 and watching it crumble around them. Yeah. And it was real weird. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. Speaking of which, or there the, was a the, go ahead. The Death Stranding ads that they did. Oh, that yeah. was weird. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there was there was Fallout 76 news. Yeah. Yeah. While just we're a, talking about that. Real quick one. Yeah. 
the big patch that adds m- the game into the game. <laughs> yeah. That, that puts it, NPCs back in the wasteland and like sounds like gives you something actually to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, got delayed by a week because of the event that we're all living through. Yeah. But yeah, to deal with all of Bethesda's people working from home, they pushed it back a week, which has already been pushed back once. So now, okay, uh, we don't have much time left, but I want to get your honest opinion. Is there any chance at all that this patch is going to come out and not be a giant dumpster fire like everything else that has happened in Fallout 76? I think it pretty much has to. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they have to do a good job or they or they'll have to write off the whole thing. Yeah. Like if they can't fix it with this, they've they've like dug their own grave. I'm just for curious. Fallout 76. Yeah, this is it's really kind of writing on this one. Yeah, because like they've had so many opportunities to completely screw it up. They've lost they're down to the last little bit of goodwill that that Bethesda can muster at this point. Yeah, and I I know they can do it. Like they've made great games in the past. It's just yeah. will they do it? <laughs> well, I mean, they've never made a a kind of MMO kind of thing like they did with this one. And I don't know. I mean, look at Final Fantasy 14 is a different publisher, but when Final Fantasy 14 came out, it was that's oh. the online one, right? 14? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah it's the online one. It was absolute trash and they had to start it completely started over again and now it's a great game. And they might have to do that with 76. And that's kind of what this patch is, right? It's basically starting it over almost. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no human NPCs in all of the current version of the game. And yeah. this puts them in. It sounds like it's going to roll it back towards like a more traditional Fallout experience, except other people are there, which sounds more appealing than what we got, at it least. It does, yeah. So uh, yeah, well we'll we'll find out here in another week or two whether we have uh, we have to reset the clock on Fallout seventy six news or whatnot. But uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens. <laughs> All right, and hey, with that, I think we've uh, hit time for the week. So uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in. You've been listening to Nerd Overload. You can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com. You can also check us out on all of our social medias, whether that be Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, or Instagram by looking at Nerd Overload now. You can email us at staff at nerdoverload.com. And you can give us a call on the Nerd Overload hotline. And the number is not in front of me. It is 586-372-8020. Cody, what should they call in and talk to us about? Call in and tell us about your favorite Rick and Morty episode. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be Pickle Rick. (laughs) uh, You can also find all of our back episodes on places uh, where you can find fine podcasts like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and more. I'd like to thank David Pencil for the use of our intro and outro. You can find more of his stuff over at davidpencil.com. And lastly, we have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash nerdoverloadnow. If you like the show and you want to help support us, you can head over there and check out ways you can help us out. So again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Wash your hands. Wash your hands.